0: Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique.
1: I recently met with Marie-Christine Ossalon, the wine quality and communications manager at Moet & Chendon. We sat down and talked about climate change, the 2019 harvest, what makes the newly released 2012 Grand Vintage an unexpected vintage, and of course we tasted some delicious wine. This episode of The Honest Pour is
0: sponsored in part by Foodateur.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago's chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Foodadur.com.
1: Hi, welcome to The Honest Poor. I'm John Leonard. Joining me today is Marie-Christine Osslin, winemaker of Moëlle Chandon. Yeah. Welcome.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me.
1: I did an interview like this with one of your colleagues a few years ago, Yeah. and this is the first time... In this podcast, that I'm interviewing a winemaker from a a, a producer who has been previously on the show, so I'm interested <laughs> to see how this goes.
0: Uh, you know, in my journal, we are a team of winemakers. We need to be a team. So you had the chance to uh, to see the two one of the two uh, person in the team. So.
1: How did you get involved in wine?
0: Uh, it's a, it's a particular history because I wasn't uh, born into a wine uh, family. Um, but I, I am really, you know, when you, when you raise in France, uh, wine tasting is really uh, enjoyable. It's very easy to, to get to uh, producers and to know wines and different regions in France. So um, actually I, I, have a, I have a biology degree, uh, biology and quality management. Uh, I studied uh, quality management for, um, for food and beverage. And I decided, uh, when I got um, my degree, I decided to, uh, to work in wine industry only.
1: What, what, what yes. attracted you to the wine industry? Uh,
0: you know, what, what I really like in, in wine, it's uh, in the same product, you have a high level of uh, scientific points because it's very technical to make wine, to make good wines. Uh, and then this is very creative. And what I really discovered when I, when I joined Champagne, because I uh, arrived in Champagne in 2016, what I really discovered that um, Champagne is so creative. You can create a non-vintage, a vintage, a multi-vintage. You can create white wine or rosy wine. This is, a, a, you have large options, you know? And that spirit of creativity and scientific, uh, Strong knowledge is really interesting and attracted me in the region.
1: Prior to 2016, where, where were you?
0: I was quality manager in a cooperative cellar uh, in south of France, Rhone Valley.
1: In the Rhone. S- yes. Okay. So
0: south Rhone Valley. Uh, I worked for Keran, Keran cooperative cellar. Okay. It's close to uh, very close to Rastou, Gigondas, Vaqueras, Chateau Neuf du Pape very interesting region.
1: <laughs> very interesting, I'm sure. But was champagne something that called you?
0: Yes, yes, this is true. After, after 12 to 15 years in Rhone Valley, I really wanted to, um, to discover a new way to make wine, uh, um, a different terroir, different weather, climate, uh, and certainly another size of uh, you know, winemaking team because uh, in, in Kiran we were only 40 people uh, in, <laughs> in, in general in, in the cellar. In Moëté Chandon we are larger. It <laughs> <get> is lar- larger. <laughs> it's, it's a larger yes. team. It's very <laughs> interesting and you know, discovering champagne through Moëté Chandon style it's wow. It's an incredible journey that brought me here. You mentioned you mentioned
1: climate and climate mm-hmm. change, absolutely. and it's 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 an important thing, and it's really changing Champagne, isn't it?
0: Yes, absolutely. How, how would absolutely. you say? Um, you know, uh, last year we had the fifth uh, harvest in August. In fifteen August. years, in fifteen years, we had five harvests in August. So um, yes, the things are changing. Uh, we have to deal with that and the particularity of Champagne is, uh, you know, we have to preserve a certain level of acidity. So, ripness um, but also acidity mm-hmm. is needed if you want to create uh, good Champagne. So, we have to deal with that and, and we have to manage the ripness of the grapes. Uh, but protect that level of freshness in our wines.
1: That must be a challenge now that you have shorter growing seasons mm-hmm. to make sure that, like you said, you have the ripeness, um, the proper ripeness, but still that acidity. Yep. You think with that, with that higher heat that it's harder to attain both of those in the shorter yeah. season, yeah. harder to manage that bright acidity to keep it mm-hmm. there without letting the fruit get too voluptuous. Absolutely. So what's being done?
0: Uh, and for, for Moët et Chandon, it's um, because uh, uh, the style of Moët et Chandon Champagne is fruity. This is really the first pillar on the Moët et Chandon style because our wine needs to be fruity and fresh. Um, the first point is to be in the vineyard and to check the ripeness day after day and actually for 2019. Harvest. Uh, we will begin the, the control of, of ripeness in the beginning of August, and then we have samples uh, from each terroir we manage to have the perfect uh, informations for the decision of harvesting or not.
1: And, and just recently, France n- n- was newsworthy in the, the, the incredibly high level of heat mm-hmm. that hit ha- yeah. that heat wave. Yeah. How did that affect the vineyards in Champagne?
0: For the moment it's okay. We begin to see a, a lack of hyd- hydration of the vines and you know in champagne we are not allowed to uh, water the the vines so we try to uh, to be aware of uh, the the healthiness of the grapes the ripeness it's beginning to suffer a little but for the moment it's okay.
1: It's okay. It's good. okay.
0: It's better than Harsh climate.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I understand that at Moet and Chandon, you're part of a, a winemaking team. Mm-hmm. What is your role in the process?
0: Uh, actually, I am quality manager. We are two winemakers uh, that are quality managers. So I'm, um, I'm in charge of the process from the pressing to the bottling, and my colleague is in charge of uh, the process from the bottling to the consumer. So my job is to... Um,
1: so you're only in the cellar?
0: Yes, yes. And, and I have a big part of my, of my job is to work with the press centers. Uh, because you know, maybe you know, <laughs> but Moëté uh, has the largest vineyard. We have 1,200 hectares. Wow. So we have our own press centers, uh, big press centers that are um, in, in the Champagne region. Uh, And because our vineyard uh, represents only 25% of our needs in grapes, we work with 500 growers from everywhere in Champagne. So actually during the harvest, I have to to check, to verify, to explain to uh, the 500 presenters that we work with, uh, what are the rules to produce the best juice during the harvest time for us to have the capacity to create the best base wines. At the end of the day, at, at the end of harvest, we have 800 to 900 different wines. And actually my job in the presenters is to make sure that everything is well done according to the Moëté Chambon style. And this is the, the part of uh, harvest moment. And then we have the base wine tasting. So I am, in, uh, uh, I am one of the team that tastes the wines we 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 have tasting sessions for a month, a month and a half because 800 base wine is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So it, it takes a long time. Um, so the organization is very is very clear. We taste separately Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Meunier um, together, and um, we have 25 to 30 samples per tasting, two tasting per day. It's 50 Oof. to 60 wines a lot of wine per to taste. day. <laughs> yeah. uh, Especially wine, with that wine. high acidity. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, it's really, it really hurts yeah. your teeth.
1: Mm.
0: Hmm. Uh, but it's necessary because we need to be really aware of the quality of each wine. And then we have the blending tasting. So we have a, a, a winemaker who is in charge of proposing some different blends. Um, and then we taste. The different samples the different options we talk about uh, what if another another blend should be better and and we select the blend for Moët Imperial first Moët Imperial Rosé because we need to have access to all the wines for what Imperial blending this is the the most important yes. exercise we have to make each year. And probably
1: the most challenging in that yeah. you're trying to make the same wine Absolutely. from vintage to vintage regardless mm-hmm. of the variation yeah. of the vintage.
0: Yeah. But we have a chance, uh, you know, having that large supply and that large vineyard is a chance when you are a winemaker because you have the chance of choice. And it's a luxury when you are a winemaker to have the choice to work with one wine or another and to select the best. So, so this is very, very important for Moët Chandon, and it's the key of success of Moët Chandon. The knowledge of the team, obviously, the, the, the savoir-faire, uh, the tasting that is really in the middle of the winemaking spirit. But this large supply, and the way we, um, the way we produce each expression of each terroir, is really a key of success for Moet Imperial. We, we blend a hundred different wines for Moet Imperial blend. This is an HD <laughs> wine uh, <laughs> because you have numerous uh, colors, numerous type of expression of each grapes, and it creates the constancy of Moet Imperial. Moet Imperial must be constant. It must express perfectly the Moet Chambon style. We, we which is distinguished by uh, its perfect bright fruitiness. And then on the mouth, you have a seductive palate, uh, the harmony between the three, uh, the three grapes and the reserve wine and the fresh wines all together because it's a non-vintage. Uh, and then at the end, the, the, a very elegant maturity, two years on the lease uh, for beautiful harmony, fine effervescence, and that's it.
1: And all three varieties Yep or, or a part of Imperial.
0: always. In all champagne, champagne in all Mouette Chandon Champagne, actually, you have the three grapes. Okay. Because we want to represent what is champagne about. And champagne is about Pinot Noir first, Meunier and then Chardonnay. So we have always the three.
1: Pinot Noir first.
0: Pinot Noir first, in I like champagne. to hear that. Yeah. That
1: makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what when in the process do you decide, ooh, we're on to something here, maybe this is a vintage year? When, when does that happen?
0: Uh, it's you know it's a light evolution, uh, but we, we never uh, we never expect or we never we will never say uh, during the harvest if it's a vintage oh, no, right. or, you know, or not. So first we have to wait uh, until the end of base wine tasting, but surely uh, when we taste we. All along the base wine tasting, all along this very key months, we can really feel if it's a, 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 um, a particular year or not. Um, and at the end of base wine tasting, after what imperial blend, after uh, the selection of wines that uh, will go to the reserve, because the reserve is the key of uh, it's an entrance. Reserve wines are an entrance for a champagne maker to have. Capacity the year after year to create the non-vintage. Um, so all along this particular month, m- m- two months, um, we feel the quality of the harvest, we feel the quality of the wines, their personality, their uh, individuality. And we do a tasting with vintage selection, but only Benoît Guest the cellar master, decides if we launch a vintage. So because we are a team we can feel the quality of the year but only Benoît goes takes the decision sure. because it's in his responsibility to right. say okay this is a good year and in plus it's a year that can um, be interesting through the moet chandon style because first it must be a moet chandon wine even if it's a grand vintage it's a moet chandon grand vintage so it must represents perfectly the Mouette Chandon style, bright fruitiness, seductive palate, elegant maturity, but in the individuality of a year. So when Benoit decides to launch a vintage, to create a a vintage, obviously we have a tasting, we taste uh, different options, uh, and we try to link the option, uh, the, the, the taste of the wine to the particularity of the year and uh, it's very interesting because you know when, when we blend Moiti we need to all agree to the blend for the, with the blend because uh, Moiti Berial must be Moiti nothing yes. else so it's uh, very technical we know what is the result we just have to show to, to, to find the perfect path to have that result but for um, for Grand Vintage sometimes we have uh, 50% in 50% out you know in terms of Tasting, mm-hmm. uh, and when when Benoît feels that uh, that proportion of winemakers that say, okay, this is uh, this is what I uh, really expect from this vintage, and you have another part of uh, of the winemakers that say, uh, maybe it's too fresh, or maybe it's uh, it's not my really my expression of the year. Benoit can touch that it can be a vintage because when you have a personality and the vintage must have a personality, you can't please everybody, you can't please everyone. So this is a key to say, okay, it should be a vintage because it should have a personality because it doesn't please everybody.
1: Which, yeah, yeah that yeah. speaks to the taste and the yeah. expression of the vintage. You know, yeah. some people like 2002, some people like yeah. 2004. Yeah. <laughs> you pick.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And in terms of amounts, let's say it's in January, February after the harvest. Oh, so that so that right after. Yes, it, it we we have time for for grand vintage because um, a grain vintage will go in the cellar for mature for long maturation five, yes. five to seven years. So one month in plus doesn't change everything right but it should be it should be uh, bottled uh, before the spring so before we, spring yes we take our time
1: that's terrific mm-hmm. should we taste some wine
0: yes obviously so what is our first wine yes this is the first and uh, we always begin with Matimperial. because Matimperial is the 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 best way to introduce uh, people to introduce someone to Actually, to champagne tasting, uh, but uh, obviously to Moet et Chandon, uh, tasting. This wine is very impressive uh, for its uh, history. We have created uh, Moet Imperial uh, in 1869, and since 1869, um, the different generations of winemaker express perfectly in Moet Imperial um, the precision uh, and the the variety of the wines from Champagne.
1: I like, the, I like that, 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 that term, precision, because uh-huh. that, as I'm, as I'm smelling this wine, that, that, that precision is, is, it speaks to me. Yep. You, you, you get the, the green apple mm-hmm. and that, that little bit of uh, minerality, but it all kind of comes together in this very yeah. precise, direct
0: Absolutely. line. Absolutely, it's, it's a very direct, Champagne, this is true. We want to please different palates, different generation of people with this wine. So it must be perfectly balanced, perfectly fruity. Yes, you have uh, green apple, fresh pear. In terms of vegetal notes, uh, it's linden sometimes, jasmine, sometimes you can feel jasmine, um, really depends on your mood. (laughs) And the moment you are drinking it,
1: and this is meant to drink today.
0: Yes, this is absolutely. Yes, well. it's ready to drink when it's in market. It's ready to drink. Uh, in terms of notes of maturation, this champagne goes to uh, to the cellar for for twenty four months. So the maturation notes on the nose are uh, very fresh. Yes, it's um, brioche, uh, flesh of brioche. Uh, and yeast, natural yeast, uh, note.
1: Quite a bit of this wine is made. Sometimes in wine circles, at least, probably, you know, the people who listen to this podcast, Uh sometimes will look at a very large production wine and turn their nose a little at it. But they shouldn't this wine is delicious it's fresh it's it's it expresses what it is it's Mm it's it's unashamed to be what it is
0: absolutely
1: and often people think too much that champagne is for a special occasion
0: Mm -hmm. this would
1: be wonderful with dinner on tuesday night
0: absolutely (laughs) happy friday
1: (laughs) yeah or or just happy friday right
0: (laughs) just a happy friday yes this wine um you know Moët et Chandon is uh the most known Brand of champagne, maybe the most known brand of wine, Uh, but this is the less known champagne. Many people know the brand, but they don't. uh, They can't expect that um, this is a handcrafted champagne.
1: Yeah, right. It's handcrafted, even though there's such large volume. That's, I think, where the
0: confusion comes. We like, we like to say, okay, the size is very impressive. The size of the cellars, the size. Of, uh, of the vineyard, of the supply is impressive. But there is people in the cellars and there is winemaker in the team and it's definitely handcrafted champagne and um, you can't create that kind of precision, that kind of champagne um, from, by accident. Sure. You need to be very uh, close to, uh, to your wines, you need to understand very well uh, how to ferment each juice to create the perfect expression of the terroir if you want to have that precision and that harmony. Moite Imperial is very harmonious. You have the three grapes that are, are very well melted together. You have the, the, the combination of fresh reserve wines that are kept only in stainless, stainless steel vats. To protect their fruitiness, the reserve wines are followed from the beginning to the end to the use uh, in the blend to be perfectly um, fresh and fruity, um, with no 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 default, and, uh, and the time on the lees also is uh, very particular. The yeasts we use are very particular. We are the only maison that use uh, their own yeast. Uh, selected in the 80s uh, in the precenters in the vineyard from from the natural mm-hmm. um, and we still uh, we still create our, wine, our wines with their their yeasts and it's uh, also a key to understand why Moëté wines are so particular and different. Um, this is because we use particular yeasts you can't find the, them uh, in the market so we are the only maison that can create um, that's this style of sure. uh, freshness and, and.
1: What I really love about you mentioned balance. Mm-hmm. This one, this one has this great balanced weight to it. Yep. The the pinot noir gives it enough body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chardonnay gives it enough brightness to balance it out. Oftentimes, you know, you drink a blanc de blanc. Uh-huh. and yeah. it's so linear, and yeah. it's hard Absolutely. to drink almost. Yeah. Or a, a, a Blanc Noir, and it's so round and voluptuous. Mm-hmm. This is that nice balance between the yeah. two.
0: Because this is the goal, uh, and the use of Meunier is also a key of- And what does uh, Meunier bring in of, here? Yes, it's, you have 30 to 40% of Pinot Noir, uh, 30 to 40% of Meunier, and uh, 20 to 30% of, uh, of Chardonnay. In, uh, in Moiti it actually it represents the Champagne Terroir, which is made of Pinot Noir and Meunier, and then, and then Chardonnay. Um, the balance between the three uh, grapes is really important, and each grape is here for a reason and brings a certain, uh, certain touch to the wine. And you're true. Uh, Meunier, the use of Meunier is really a key of the seductive palate uh, of Moiti Periel. Very nice.
1: What's our next wine?
0: Oh, the next should be white imperial rosé. So I, well, what I want to mention also to mention also is um, the systematic malolactic fermentation we use for our wines. Um, it permits us to uh, to have uh, softer wines. Um, we still need a certain freshness, a certain acidity. But we don't need a violent acidity. So the malolactic fermentation, the systematic malolactic fermentation, permits us to um, to have uh, freshness but not violent acidity that hurts you. We don't (laughs) want to hurt people (laughs) with our wines. We want to please them, we want them to have a good moment with a glass of champagne, uh, not just for celebration, but for every day of, of their life if they want. <laughs> um, and the malolactic fermentation is really, really important to know about uh, Moet et Chambon. Um, Actually, we were the first to master the malolactic fermentation in wine industry, and we still, we still do um, that part. Of fermentation in our wines. Okay,
1: so now we have huh? Rosé Imperial. Yep. Tell me about this wine.
0: So Rosé Imperial is uh, the brother or the sister of Moët Imperial. <laughs> uh, this is this is also uh, the expression of the Moët Chambon style. Um, you have the two leaders of their category in front of you. Moët Imperial is the leader of non vintage blanc and Imperial Rosé is the leader of non-vintage rosé. And the particularity of what Imperial Rosé is the combination of red wines and white wines that are melted all together.
1: So so you're not making a rosé, you're making a red wine and a white wine and blending them together.
0: Absolutely. And uh, in Rosé Imperial, you have uh, red wine from Pinot Noir and Meunier. Uh, and we select our red wine for their fruitiness, for their freshness. In Rosé Imperial, we want a fresh impression of red fruit. Um, it must be joyous. It must be, uh, you know, enticing. Um, rosé Imperial must be obvious when you want a beautiful glass of rosé wine. <laughs> uh, but with the touch of personality of a champagne. The notes of rose of, um, well, of yeah, red flowers fruit. come through
1: to me right yeah. away. As soon as I put my nose in the blast. I was like, wow, this is floral. And yeah. then after that, some underripe strawberry uh-huh. and light red berries, yeah. uh, maybe lime leaf.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, lime leaf and, and a touch of mint. Yeah, you yeah. have that point of freshness. Uh, and what I really like in uh, in rose imperial is the little touch of red pepper. Red pepper? Yes. I I feel that.
1: Like bell pepper, red pepper? Mm. Or like spicy red pepper?
0: Spicy. And Mm. on the mouth it's much more black pepper.
1: (laughs) Mm. Again, even though the fruit on the palate, again, is slightly like an underripe berry, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's still fruity. Yep.
0: Yep. It's this interesting
1: balance that you found there. And I see the black pepper come through oh. now. It's, it's just a hint anyway, in the back. Yep,
0: yep, at the end. So for the, for the pairing, um, those two are, are very open. But I have to say that uh, from the rosé, you have a new world that is open to food pairing with champagne. Uh, you can have red meat, you can have... <laughs> Beef carpaccio. Champagne Italian may be food. the
1: single most versatile yeah. wine when it comes to food pairing. This is true in the world. Yeah. Just yeah. you could go something very light. You could go something heavy. Mm-hmm. Fried foods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, fried chicken yeah. and champagne. Oh. yeah.
0: <laughs> this is true. And when you have uh, when you have fruit in your recipe, obviously you can pair it with mate champagné because the this spirit of fruitiness and freshness uh, open plenty of uh, options of food pairing.
1: Great, and these are very affordable champagnes. Often people think about champagne mm-hmm. and think of high prices, mm-hmm. you know, Taittinger tete- tete- yeah. type prices. These these champagnes you could buy and,
0: and afford enjoy. to drink just about yeah. every day. <laughs> yes, yes. What's the next one? So the next uh, will be the new release, uh, the new Grand Vintage, the Grand Vintage 2012.
1: Well, there's a bit of Grand Vintage since 2009,
0: yeah? Uh, yes, we, it's just uh, the Grand Vintage that come after 2009. Before we had, we had 2008, uh, and then 2009, and then 20.
1: So, 2012. what made what made two thousand twelve special? What made it a vintage champagne?
0: Wow, uh, t- twenty twelve is an incredible year. Um, it's what I what I should I should say it's an unexpected an unexpected vintage, because uh, two thousand twelve was a terrible year, in Champagne, very uh, very cold year, very fresh. We had frost uh, in the in the spring, middle of spring, end of spring. We had plenty of hailstorms, and we lost uh, a big quantity of, uh, of of the production in 2012. But we had mm, an incredible, beautiful August month, and August is a key month. This is when the
1: wine really is made, yes, yeah.
0: absolutely. So the rest of the grapes, because we lost uh, a lot of uh, quantity, the rest of the grapes in the vineyard were very, and, and beautifully healthy. For the most, it was healthy. And when you have healthy grapes in Champagne, it's a good beginning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always.
0: <laughs> so during the base wine tasting, we discovered that uh, the, the freshness of Chardonnay was very high uh, due to that cold weather we had uh, in, in springtime and, and beginning of summer. So, but, but the... The Pinot Noir and the Meunier were very juicy and generous in terms of ripeness. So, 2012 expressed a combination of cold weather until uh, until July, until end of July, and then beautiful months of August, where the Pinot Noir and the Meunier um, ripened very well, but the Chardonnay stayed acidic and fresh. So, it's a delicate freshness and also. Beautiful Yes, delicate is
1: definitely the yep. word that was going to yep. mind. There's a, there's a very pretty elegance. It's not mm-hmm. too pronounced. The, the minerality comes through on the nose a little more. Mm-hmm.
0: Only five years on the lease. Um, I say only because last, last vintage went for seven years on the lease. But um, as I said, it's, a, it's the Benoit Guez, uh creation, creation. Um, and Benoît wanted to, to disgorge this champagne after five years on the list to maintain that freshness and vibran- that, this vibrancy. Mm-hmm. The it it kind uh, of brioche absolutely is a, yeah, is yeah, is yeah, a little yeah, more
1: forward yeah, as well yeah, than the imperial. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Grand Vintage uh, are much more gastronomic uh, champagnes. Um, obviously, for, for his freshness, this vintage can be uh, a wine for an aperitif. Mm-hmm. But, but it's much better with food, um, more interesting, I mean, in terms of food pairing to have a grand vintage than a non-vintage. After that, it depends on your taste and your food and, mm-hmm. and every, um, many things. Um, but the, the time on the lees uh, brings much more complexity, much more charisma uh, to, to the vintage. So that's why we say it's a gastronomic uh, yeah. champagne.
1: I could see laying this so on. I want to see this wine maybe in five more years. Uh huh. That, yes. Let that, that, that maturity take over mm-hmm. and yeah. bring everything together.
0: You'll still have that freshness because. Yeah, the freshness y- yes. will still be. Yes, yes. It, it will remain for a long time uh, because this is the, the bone of, of this champagne. You have 41% of Chardonnay.
1: And we have one more wine.
0: Uh, and then we uh, we follow with the Grand Vintage 2012. So still the the expression of uh, the individual individual this, this rose, year yeah. in rosé version. Yes. So the vintage rosé has uh, the particularity to have in the blend because it's still white wine and red wine uh, blended uh, together. Uh, red wine from maceration and uh, most the the highest. Uh, highest part of red wine and 100 part of red wine is made of Pinot Noir.
1: The colors in both of the Grand Vintage is yeah. very bright, like very you bright. jump out yes. of the glass the colors are so so bright.
0: Yeah. So 42% of Pinot Noir in this. 42%, meeting. okay. Yes, because you have uh, almost uh, 10 to 15% of, uh, of red wine from Pinot Noir.
1: But again, there's that... that, that delicate elegance to mm-hmm. it as as mm-hmm. it was in the uh, 2012 Grand Vintage. Yeah, on the nose there's still that minerality mm-hmm. and light, lighter fruit, more, yep. Yep. I'd say more ripe than yep. in the Rosé Imperial, absolutely. but still,
0: still restrained, fresh. Yes, fresh, yeah, yeah. well fresh for so, sure, but so.
1: restrained.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and. Uh, because the, because the red wine that goes in this uh, in this vintage um, are much more powerful we need we ask for more structure uh, when we blend the grain vintage because it will go on the lease for a longer time so they need to have a certain body and structure and a certain architecture so so the the Pinot Noir from uh, from the Montagne de Reims are um, the biggest part of this red wine um, in the blend, and then you have uh, obviously the in white version also Pinot Noir Meunier and, and Chardonnay. What I really like uh, from 2012 vintage, and you have those two impression in the blanc and in the rosé. It's the the, 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 the elegant bitterness at the end, you no? Know, which is which is mm-hmm. very. Very refreshing, and ask for something to eat. Uh, It's mouth-watering. It's really appealing, and I feel that very beautiful elegance in the final and beautiful balance.
1: Yeah, it's in both. It's almost like lemon pith.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely.
1: Yeah, very nice. Thank you, Marie Christine. Thank you so much for your time today. It was. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to it meet you. It was pleasure to taste you. your, your, your your delicious oh, wines. You. And next time I'm in Champagne, I will definitely come see you.
0: You have to. You do have to.
1: <laughs> For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestporepod.com.
0: Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Poor with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Poor with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Poor. This has been The Honest
1: Poor with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod.